Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion, the place where you can find hope, peace, joy, faith. Uh, we focus on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the lordship, the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, talk about things from a faith perspective as they apply in today's world. Uh, you know, Jesus was here over 2,000 years ago. And gave us a lot to chew on in his book called the Bible. If you haven't read it yet, I would encourage you to start with the book of John and get to know who Jesus is. Because uh, he is the one true king that is still sitting on the right hand of God on the throne. Um, and he's going to come back someday. And we're going to look at uh, a book in the Bible, Matthew 25 today, that talks specifically about that and uh, what might happen. So... Welcome to It's a Religion. We're coming to you uh, live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand. Two nations under God, quite divided, but liberty and justice for the connected uh, or the few, however you want to look at that. Because uh, although I will say lately our justice system is, has definitely won some points, um, you know, they released a young man that should never have been in that position in the first place up in Wisconsin and uh, convicted a man who should have been convicted from the get-go, even though uh, there were quite a few people who were more than happy to support him in his uh, deviancy, uh, Mr. Smollett, um, if you haven't been following that. But uh, it's a religion we like to start with, uh, the Word of God, the Bible, and... Uh, Talk about things from that perspective, because we believe there are two, there's no such thing as racism that, you know, every, all of us are humans. There's one race, the human race. <clears throat> and when we have differences, and we're going to look at a story on that today, um, instead of calling it racism, you could call it, you know, skinism or culturalism or something like that, where people from different cultures uh, have issues with each other. Usually it's fear-based because people are just different and people aren't understood why they're coming at things from the certain way that they are. Um, could be a spiritual issue, could be other things. But but uh, regardless, it's a fact that there is one race. And the fact that the media and many people have been able to propagate the idea of racism, the uh, cause of racism, uh, into a money-making enterprise in some cases. Um, Jesse Jackson and some of these guys that benefit from that um, and show up every time there's the media promoting race relation issues, supposed race relation issues. Again, it's uh, issues of getting along between cultures, not uh, between people of certain skin color. And that is ridiculous. You know, people may use that as the, the target the fact that people have different colors of skin. But in the end, it's, you know, where where people came from, you know, why, what culture there is that's different. The fact that we are all uh, human beings is a fact, right? There's, you know, yeah, different shades of skin, but that's about it. So anyway, um, we believe that there are... Uh, two types of people in life, those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ and those who worship or idolize or put their faith in something else. 
And there's a lot of something else's that you can do that with. But that's the premise that we come at life from. And uh, we explain why we get into that uh, on a daily basis here. Uh, we believe evolution is probably the most heinous uh, theory ever propagated to man. But, you know, the, the people who don't want to put their faith in God and Christ have to find something. They have to find something else because we're designed to worship. We're designed to idolize. And uh, when we don't put our worship in its proper place to the one who made us, then, uh, you know, people are going to come up with all kinds of stuff. So, uh, you know, much like Margaret Sanger uh, with Planned Parenthood, um, you know, they don't really talk about what Darwin's intentions were uh, at the foundation of, of uh, <laughs> the theory of evolution. And, uh, you know, he was, you talk about today's definition of racism, he, was, he would be one of the biggest racists on the planet, and yet he's held up as a hero uh by a lot of these people so it's it's quite interesting um when you look at it so today we're in matthew chapter 25 oh you can reach us at ehud it's a religion.org ehud son of dennis so ehud at it's a religion.org and uh i really do believe in the next six months or so we're gonna put a website together and start uh trying to do a little bit more with this thing and uh, I was listening to some of the podcasts yesterday, and yeah, it's I need some help making this more professional, making it more, uh, uh, I don't know, sound better or whatever, but kind of like it this way. It's it's kind of raw and it's simple. Uh, don't have to pay anybody anything, just done. And um, we just, we seek the truth. And the truth is that Jesus Christ made all of this and gave you life through, you know, biological instruments or however you want to put it, but he, he then put a soul in you, and you are an eternal being. You are someone who will face eternity one day when you leave this planet. Because you know what? We all will. And to run around being so scared of this whole COVID thing, um, again, why is that? Well, people fear that because they fear death, because a lot of them don't have hope that there's something more after this. And those of us who know Christ need to help them understand that, that there is more. There's more to put your, your faith in. And uh, when I look out my window this morning in my neighbor's house, I see a sign in her window that says, hope, peace. That doesn't come from man. That doesn't come from putting your trust and faith in the government. What, what is the, the federal government or even our state government in Illinois uh, and even the local government ever really done to provide hope and peace to people? It doesn't. Uh, it might give you a handout, which might give you a little bit of uh, temporary hope that you can feed your family or something in a, in a time of need. But outside of that, long term, um, it doesn't do anything. Uh, men, you can't put enough faith in men because men will fail every time. Because men are sinful and are more self-interested uh, than um, truly being outward interested, which is what Christ calls us to be. So let's look at this. Matthew chapter 25. Uh, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, when I first read stuff like this, it made no sense because I'm like, What? you know, uh, marriage, 10 virgins. 
But if you get into, if you study it long enough and understand how things worked back then, because again, the Bible is made up of uh, words that were written, written to people at a time that was 2,000 and some years ago or further. And we need to understand the context from that perspective, right? It, it's not, we can apply it in today's perspective, but we need to understand it from a, a contextual matter uh, on who it was written to and, and the timing thereof. So this is these are some of the things that happened in the marriage ceremony back then. And uh, um, we'll leave it at that for now. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So Jesus is making a comparison between those who are prepared, who follow the one true king, and those who don't, those who left oil out of their lamp. They didn't put the proper material in their uh, um, you know, in their lamp or carry extra so when their lamps went out that they would have what they needed. And here, when your life goes out, do you have what's needed to enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb? And uh, it's a really a neat way to, to say it. So while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go all of you out to meet him. And all those ten virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are burnt out. So he's saying that, you know, at the end, all these folks that didn't put their faith and trust in me are going to ask those who did for their help. And they're going to be like, we can't, we can't do that. The wise answered saying, no, not so. Lest there be enough for us and you, but go all of you the rather to, to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, barely I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for all of you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. And so he encourages us to be prepared all the time. And that's why it's it's increasingly imperative, I think, as we get closer to him coming back. Because I think a lot of the signs are, are getting more obvious. But again, only he knows. Um, but it's imperative that we encourage others to, to look at this. You know, do you have enough oil in your lamp if the bridegroom comes? Are you filled with God's Spirit? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And unto one he gave... So then he goes into the, the parable of the talents, which I'm not going to get into, but he gives everybody gifts. And if you're not using that gift to advance the kingdom, once you know Christ and once you have uh, an investment in the kingdom, are you using your gifts properly for the uh, expansion of the kingdom, for... Um, winning more souls unto Jesus, unto Christ. And so that is a challenge all Christians face. Um, and so at the end of this, then, he said, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he shall sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, all of you, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and all of you gave me food. I was thirsty, and all of you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and all of you took me in. Naked, and all of you clothed me. Sick, and all of you visited me. Prison, in prison, and all of you came to, unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when we saw you hungered and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink, uh, when saw we you a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you, or when we 
or saw when saw we you sick or in prison and came to you and the king shall answer and say to them verily when I, I say unto you in so much as you have done it unto the least of my brethren all of you have done it unto me then he, then shall he say also to them on the left hand depart from me all of you cursed and everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels for when I was all these things you did not um, help me now, nowhere in there does it say that you supported the government stealing from some people to do this for people. It says you did this. And I think there's there's a huge uh, difference in the way a lot of Christians walk this out. Some think it's right and good that the government takes from some and gives to others, even in the name of Christ. I know the, the former governor of Ohio was like this. You know, government should be actively involved in taking care of people. And it doesn't say that. It says you this is a personal thing. It's something that a person is called to when they put their faith and trust in Christ to take care of others, to be outward focused and minded. And, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of organizations out there that people can can uh, donate to. Because, you know, in the story of the talents, he's like, look, if you don't go do this yourself, um, you know, give to others who will and, and who will do that. And in our society today, it's, it's typically easier to do that because people have jobs, people work to earn a living. Um, we don't live typically on farms and are, are bartering and uh, uh, things of that nature like it wasn't in past days. But, you know, people work in factories and offices and places like that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're trending more towards people wanting to work from home because of technology. Uh, people are able to. And uh, I think with that trend, more people are looking at ways they can uh, do things at home, grow their own produce and, and uh, things like that. I know we're in the middle of that ourselves. Um, after we get done, we're building a house right now. So, but in the end of Matthew 25, it says, and these will, shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. And that that's the difference here, folks. Um, the people people that don't put their faith and trust in Christ and what he did for us. Because again, the, the gospel says Jesus came and died for you, for me. He bled his blood, um, which covers our sin, because he lived a perfect life and he was a perfect sacrifice that God could accept to cover the sin of humanity um, after the fall. And the whole thing makes so much perfect sense um, when you look at it through that paradigm and through the, the paradigm of um, who Jesus really is and how you are really made uh, in his image. So, but, you know, the folks that, that don't know him, that don't have that trust and that hope, uh, how are they really ever going to have peace? You know, it's, it shouldn't surprise us that there, there is not much peace on this planet. You know, that people are warring over the idea of taking COVID shots, that, um, you know, one group of people wants to force people to do things that they want them to do, but the others don't. And, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans and the, uh, you know, conservatives and the liberals and, uh, you know, it, it, it goes on and on. Uh, so, you know, what people believe is a huge deal. And uh, the more people that put their faith and trust in the one true king, the one true Lord, 
uh, and really follow the ways in which he uh, has ascribed things to us, right? It's in his book. And if you start from that premise, the word of God, and go from there, and you're never going to understand it all. I don't know that, that uh, God meant for all of us to understand it all. Some, some things in the Bible are historical in nature. Some are instructive. Um, some are condemning. Um, you know, the ways in which God has worked um, since the foundation, since the beginning of his creation, uh, you know, nobody really knows the mind of God. His, his ways and thoughts are higher than ours. But we have historical records of how things were made in the beginning. And there was an eyewitness account. There was somebody there. His name was Adam. Um, showed up on day six, so he didn't see the first five days. But he was able to be instructed directly from God about what happened and how things were brought into existence. And you know, I believe that's how... Uh, Moses found out about it. You know, these things were passed down from generation to generation. And, and uh, you know, through the flood even, through Noah. So anyway, um, let's take a quick look at what's going on today. That is what Christ wrote to uh, people back then. And it's able to help us understand that he is going to come back at a moment. We have no idea. And it talks about lightning across the sky and it's, it's going to be a miraculous event. It's not going to be, he's not going to come in hiding and lowly and meek like he did the last time around when he died for our sins. This is going to be the end. He's going to come back and it's, things are going to change rapidly. Uh, You know, I think he's going to, reign for a thousand years on this planet and set things to right and then the end will come and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and uh, those who have put their faith and trust in christ will be caught up uh in that with him you know and i don't know what the thousand years are going to be like the bible doesn't talk about uh, talk about it a whole lot outside of the fact that jesus will reign during that time and that'll be a good thing so Today's news, a couple things in uh, Epic Times. UN chief accepts invitation to Beijing. No, wait a minute. That wasn't the one I wanted to see. Um, <laughs> markets brace for highest inflation print in 39 years. Tyson automating meat processing plants, reducing labor costs, improving efficiency. Um, there's a lot of that going on. I work in that industry, the automation industry. Uh, started out in engineering and then went into sales and have sold things like sensors and now sell system level automation for a distributor. Uh, I'm more of a manager than a salesman at this point. But anyway, um, you know, that's a big deal. And it, uh, the more we can automate factories in this country, the more competitive we can become with the global uh, labor market, you know, and I, I was so depressed the other day we went out I uh, went out with my two little boys to get something for their mom for Christmas and they both wanted to get her a, uh, a ornament for the Christmas tree and we started looking at the ornaments and you know one son would bring me this one and the other one would bring me that one and I'd look at it and it's made in China made in China made in every stinking one of them ornaments was made in China and I'm looking at an entire wall of ornaments and I'm going how did this happen how did we get here you know, we could do this in the United States. It really wouldn't cost that much more. So, I mean, you're building these so much cheaper over there and then putting them on a boat 
shipping them all the way over here, then having to pay somebody to distribute them throughout the country, which you would have to pay anyway, but you you miss the, the boat cost. And uh, it's no wonder all these, we're having all these supply issues. Um, and so it's the next story. It says General Motors building electric vehicle supply chain in America. And that was an exciting deal. Uh, when I saw that story, I'm like, hey, you know, they're taking that back. They're, they're looking at ways that we can um, have a supply chain here. And we need more and more of that. You know, Joe took that from Trump and said he was going to do it too. And uh, um, that's a good thing. You know, if that does happen, I'm more than happy to support that, that part of anybody's policy because I think we need that. We need people in this country making things, which means we need to automate at least to a certain level. You know, most automated factories aren't 100% automation. They have a lot of human beings working there. And you'll hear a lot of times, well, you know, we're taking all these jobs. Well, you know, some of them, they're having, you know, harder and harder time getting people to do them anyway. You know, one was the Tyson automating meat processing plants, reducing labor costs, improving efficiency. And uh, again, I've been to some of these meat plants. It's not somewhere that's a pleasant place to work. And, you know, all these... Uh, migrants coming into the U.S. That's typically what they've used in the past from what I've seen as migrant workers. And uh, it's just a hard thing. So the, to me, the more you can automate it, educate people on how to take care of equipment, how to interface with equipment, uh, you know, you're going to be better off in the long run. As a country, you know, and uh, not having to, having all your supply chain tied up uh, in a country that hates you or wants to control you or take you over because that's I think the way it is China would would rather see us uh, um, taken over and made a part of their communist society you know and what's funny to me is China would be nothing without our capitalism but you look at their model, and that's, I believe, what the Democrat Party is all about now. They want to control you. They want to control what's going on, who owns what, and still let people benefit from it profit-wise profit so that they can get people, coerce people into doing what they want, which is, you see what's going on. The federal government coerces the states into doing things they want done by money. The states coerce school boards locally to do what they want uh, through money or withholding money. And now I saw my own company that I work for is going to try, try and coerce people into putting their vaccine status in our uh, HR system online by uh, giving them money or not. And I just, I, it, it's no wonder we're at the place we're at. You know, the love of money is the root of all evil, the Bible says. And you can see it. You can see it playing out in our society. So here's one from Ron DeSantis. I love that guy. They dangled the carrot of normality over your head until you said yes to the lockdowns, then masks, then shots. Now two years and two weeks into this, they want your children injected. Ask yourself what you will stand for if not for them. And this, taking things away from people until they say yes is not a choice. And, you know, again, the Democrats or people in the Democratic Party talk a lot about choice, but they don't really want to uh, give you choices. It's just something to say to get the support of certain people. And when it comes down to it, they don't want anybody to have a choice. They want, they want to tell people what to do, how to think. And, 
you know, it cracks me up. Two Congress people, I, I what AOC and a couple of these gals in the squad, uh, Rashida Talib, I think is the other gal's name, are sitting there whining about their college debt, and I'm thinking, both you gals make one hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars a year, which I think is ridiculous in the first place to represent us to just show up and vote in Congress, and uh, you know that's gotten so far out of hand. But that's that's another story. But anyway, to represent us in Congress, you make that much money, and you're whining about a thirty-thousand-dollar college debt, even a sixty-thousand-dollar college debt. Pay it off. You know, everybody else had to. It's ridiculous. So Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson says racism within the Democratic Democrat Party is the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Democrat Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson claimed Wednesday that racism exists in the Democratic Party, likening it to an 800-pound gorilla in the room that everyone pretends doesn't exist. I'm confused and a little disturbed by the reasoning here, Johnson tweeted in a response to a statement from Matthew Dowd, who dropped out of the race for Texas lieutenant governor earlier this week to allow for a more diverse field. Campaigns are precisely for the purpose of selecting the best candidate. Johnson continued, it seems my friend is saying that Democrat Party voters are incapable of nominating women and minorities if there is a white man on the ballot. If this is the fact, the case, then shame on the Democrat Party voters who are incapable of voting for women and minority candidates if presented with a white male alternative. But for white male candidates to stop running as Democrats to give us a chance feels wrong to me. And again, when people start basing their decision on skin color instead of uh, the content of the character, uh, the content of their character like uh, Martin Luther King was talking about, which is where we all should be, right? Because there's one race. I keep coming back to that. And, uh, um, you know, then we have a problem. And it's it's 10 times worse, I think, in the Democrat Party than the Republican Party. Donald Trump loved everybody. I mean, unless you were giving him a hard time, uh, every time you heard that man, he was uh, congratulatory, he was edifying, he was encouraging towards people and it didn't matter you know what your skin color was that was the most ridiculous thing i ever heard of that trump is a white supremacist Uh, give me a break um if anybody see again democrats do that they'll claim somebody else is what they are and i I think a lot of people in the democrat party are white supremacists not necessarily from a skin tone perspective some of them might be but more from a you know i'm better than everybody else perspective i know what's best for people So, interesting. There's a guy that died, NFL player that died here. I was just looking at this story. Preliminary, imagine that. Preliminary information is that his death stems from a medical issue, and our investigators currently have no reason to believe otherwise. And so, a medical issue, when you look at uh, all the soccer players that have died all over the world, makes you kind of wonder what's going on with the jab and the results because you know what that's a the dirty little secret about all these jabs is we don't have enough historical data on them to do anything you know it usually takes about 10 years for vaccines to get implemented and you know we're two years into this COVID thing and we're still under an emergency authorization use when does that end when is congress going to step up and just end that and say no you know what oh wait we have a democratic congress so that's not going to happen. You know, hopefully 
the Republicans will take over in 2022 as long as the uh, Democrats don't cheat their way into uh, victory, which is likely to happen because they haven't really changed much from the last election. Um, I think we'll see some things change, and I hope we do. So lastly, this was an interesting one. Biden's gender equity plan would treat women like cogs in a machine. And there's a it's a story in the Daily Caller. It's talking about uh, how Democrats could care less about family and you know motherhood and things of that nature. They want everybody at work. If a woman isn't working, then she isn't worth anything. And that is a sad state. You know, the fact that we don't lift up motherhood. But again, it, it comes out of a faith perspective. All these things do. You know, when you... Uh, I'm surprised that they, they say anything about men and women. That it's because the Democrat Party has gone off the rails on that. But it shouldn't surprise us again that someone who puts their faith and trust in man, in secular humanism, in evolution, is going to say that women need to do something other than motherhood because they can't, you know, the Christian perspective is a mother is a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing. And the primary purpose of a woman in a family. And uh, we should be honoring that as a, as a huge deal. Cause it's a big deal for our country, for our society, for our world to be a better place. So with that, I'm going to finish up. Um, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, well, we're happy to help in any way we can. Ehud, it's a religion.org. Uh, if you do, uh, may you have a blessed day. Um, and again, if you don't, I'm happy to help you learn how to uh, see who he is and, and have some hope and peace uh, in your life. Because without him, there is no peace. Uh, and that's, you know, that's really the way it is. So have a beautiful day and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere filling the air.